Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We do a DEI roundtable about as much as we can. And Mr. E. Smith is one of our regulars who will be coming in and out of that roundtable. So I want to welcome to the program for the first time, Eric Smith. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, good brother? How you feeling today? Oh, man, I'm amazing. Amazing and blessed. So ready to get into it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, good brother. So so I you know, when we do the DEI roundtable, what we try to do is identify um, um, some of the complexities around the anti DEI backlash that's like really thriving is really well funded and and try to connect the dots from that into other areas of of important issues related to our community. And when I even when, and, and you notice, know because you and I talk behind the scenes uh, and, and do some production notes on this particular program, I, you knew I wanted to do this DEI roundtable. When I envisioned it, you were like the first guy that I wanted to be on here. Right. So we have other great practitioners who are in this roundtable. Uh, y'all heard uh, Dr. Chris Hunt. Uh, I think about a week ago, and we'll have Dr. Cynthia Estramera, and we may have some other folks joining us uh, in and out. Hopefully, one of these days, we'll get more than one of y'all on the show. But E, because you're based in Florida, and because you have such a long history and incredible track record as an, as a as a black entrepreneur, just to be clear about that, uh, Eric Smith has built businesses that have done DEI work, uh, done cultural competence work over the last uh, uh, many, many years. Um, but you're also in Florida, bro. So so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what the landscape looks like from your perspective as a as 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 a cultural competence and cultural marketing professional and business owner in the state of Florida. I mean, and, and, and thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, brother. Um, it's tragic um, just just to to to, to state it simply. Um, the dynamics that we're dealing with in Florida is an, an, out, an outright attack on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And actually, it's a little bit more than that. It's any other dimension of diversity that's not, frankly, not white and male. Mm-hmm. So you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. If you are uh, uh, a person of African descent, if you are, um, even in some cases, if you're a woman, there are, those dynamics are playing out all the time um, with the attacks in terms of not uh, how black history is is represented. Um, they now just uh, to have an attack on sociology, and that's not going to be uh, something that's going to be supported in the um, the public university space. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, pause. Did you say sociology, like the discipline yeah. of sociology? So basically, what they've done is not the entire discipline, but mm-hmm. they had a foundational sociology course that was required by all students. Mm-hmm. They've taken that out and have a survey course that talks about. Uh, American history and their version that they want to represent. Wow! So wow. it's th- these are, these attacks are very are, are becoming a bit more broad based. Uh, from from a DEI perspective, there the public uh, college systems are not funding anything DEI at all. Uh, the Stop Woke Act is still kind of and that for those who don't know was um, uh, um, uh, a law that that uh, an attempt to make a law that says you can't have any kind of training that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion, critical race theory, anything that they uh, attribute to that kind of, of thought process, and it got stuck in the court systems. So it's still somewhat in limbo, mm-hmm. but what it's done, what this has all done, very simply, is scared people. Mm-hmm. So now my clients, I have to have these conversations with them on a pretty regular basis, and unfortunately, many of them have doubled down on doing the work, but they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of lawsuits. So part of what I've had to explain to them is that these laws are focused on training. 
they're not really focused on how you built your business. Mm-hmm. But these can show up in policies, practices, and procedures. You just can't force people to do training, which you probably shouldn't be doing anyway. Um, it's really the idea of how do you broaden people's minds and invite them into the conversation. Mm-hmm. So there's ways, I mean, naturally there's always a way around something. Once you find out what the rules are, then you can probably break them. So that's the work that we're doing is, is letting our clients know, yes, this is real, this is happening in real time, but there are ways around it in order to still support uh, your your um, employee population and get the work done. It's just, in many cases, some of the words are going to have to change uh, and, and the approach is going to have to change. So this is very strategic. This is chess, not checkers. Mm, mm. So I, I've noticed in a lot of this kind of anti-DEI stuff that there's a certain kind of order to things, right? Which, and I think this is what happened in Florida. Like first they, they go after like the low hanging fruit of education. So first they went after like AP African American studies, right? And there was a whole big thing about that. I, I'm still stunned that they tried to diminish the discipline of sociology. We were just here talking about W.B. Du Bois and the Philadelphia Negro and then the right. state of Florida. They're trying to do you, you, you hear this young Jordan? They want to get rid of sociology. This is crazy, but it looks like they attack the academic stuff. And then it opens up the aperture for them to be able to kind of go after like the corporate stuff and the more public stuff, the broader stuff. Do you, is that how you see the strategy playing out or is it playing out in some other more nuanced way from your perspective? So the thing about it, what's, what's been yes. And that is the, the game plan, but it really started this process started with this whole stop woke act, but then the one that got the most publicity because Stop Woke Act was the one that started it. Mm-hmm. But Don't Say Gay was the one that really blew up because of the whole feud between Disney and DeSantis. Mm. So because of that, but again, attack the initial one was an attack on essentially race. Mm-hmm. The next one was, attacked, or was an attack on um, sexual identity and orientation. So when you start to look at this, it broadens out. Mm-hmm. And so the other implication, the aperture that you're talking about, how it gets wider is now you have, these are now broad-based attacks where you roll back Roe v. Wade. Mm. You start to make um, uh, voting rights more difficult and the opportunity to vote more challenging. Mm. So it's, it's and it's, it's, it challenged, and really challenged at this point. Um, and frankly, a little scared because the things that my parents and grandparents told me, told me about the civil rights movement and they're coming up, we're seeing this coming back again. Mm. This is like history repeating itself. The scary part is that it isn't as much in the streets as it's in the court systems. Mm-hmm. So they're literally rolling back laws that have been on the books for decades. So the idea of, you know, owning land, you know, things like this that we have looked at as, as, as black folks as, okay, we've arrived, we can own this, we can go here, we can go there. Mm-hmm. Well, can we? Mm. Um, we start to look at, you know, the challenges around affordable housing. And I, and I know I'm digressing a little bit, but it's connected. This is not a digression. No, go ahead, bro. Housing. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. This is connected to those impact people of color more and impact black folks even more. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is seems to be a very strategic alignment with oppression and repression mm-hmm. that is creating a space that's making it far more difficult for black folks to succeed. So, I mean, so again, when you go back into the court system, affirmative action off the books, when the folks that even voted against affirmative action got to their roles through affirmative action. How about that? So it's like the spook that sat by the door is like, I'm the only one in and I'm good. Mm-hmm. So the rest of y'all can go ahead and struggle and it's not a thing for me because I got mine. So that whole thought process 
And I can go on a whole diatribe about that. Mm-hmm. That whole thought process continues to fuel the dynamics that we're seeing today. Because there's plenty of plenty of people that look like us that are supporting politicians that are hurting us. Say it again, bro. Say it again, bro. Say it again. And yeah, and, and, and you know, y'all smart. You know who I'm talking about. You know, I, I don't. I don't understand. I'm like, how do you support this dude when you know what he's doing? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, it's, 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 it's flabbergasted. So I want to talk about language because I, I think you're getting at something that a lot of folks kind of want to better understand, which is how do we push back? How do we fight back? How do we navigate this complexities? And and and, and just to set the table a little bit, like. You know, you talk about cultural competence. Obviously, you talk about DEI, but there's you use a lot of different language to 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 engage your clients and do the work, right? And if you take mm-hmm. just take the word woke as an example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a word that emerges in the black community as a conscious word about raising consciousness and being conscious of like black lives mattering and uh, policing and politics. I mean, that's where it comes from, right? It, it's, it refers to consciousness and being awake and being aware and all those things. How did that word now become something that's almost exclusively used by right-wing politicians to do the exact opposite of what that word is. So talk a little bit about how and why language is a big piece of this huge nexus between anti-DEI and the kind of work that you've been doing. So the, the idea of being woke, I mean, it's not, that's not a new word. Right. Even, even the derivation of it is, you know, from back in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So this is not a new word that's just popped up now in popular culture, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. No, this, is, this word has been used historically. Like when I first got kind of hit to it, was I mean, bro, you remember this school days? Mm-hmm. Wake up! Mm-hmm. But that Wake was my up! first real connection. Exactly, all of that. <laughs> That's right. So that was my first real connection with the idea of being woke. So it predates all of the woke the, the, the conversation around it now. But what has happened is that the white right, the ones that are the most conservative, and the and here's the thing about it: they're afraid. Mm. They're afraid of a couple of things. The fear is that you know this is becoming more and more a black plan, whether you like it or not. Whether so, you like it or not, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, I, this, this is just facts, bro. The, the planet gets darker, right? That's just the facts of, of reality. I'm not a geneticist, but I, I got eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. So we start to look, even start looking in, in this country, white non-Hispanic is on a decline. Mm-hmm. You know, African-American is somewhat flatlined. When we start to look at, you know, Asian and, and, uh, and Latinx, they're on steep inclines. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in this country, it's a majority minority, as they like to call it. Mm-hmm. Still, the single largest race is still white and Hispanic. However, that's shifting dramatically. But the collective group of people of color is larger than white non-Hispanic. So what, is, what does that mean? The birth rates of white non-Hispanic are lower than their death rates. So it's, it, again, it reinforces that, that decline. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to do to stop this? What do you have to do to kind of wake people up? Like, do y'all see what's going on? So you start to attack things that... Um, make you even more concerned as people are starting to align, come together, unite, which, you know, we don't want to have that, mm. around a common cause of waking up. So it's kind of like the idea, and I know I, I use other references, a lot of them are movies, but it's the kind of idea of if anybody's a Matrix head, I definitely am. You know, <laughs> you took the pill. Now you can't unsee what you've seen. Mm. You can't go back. Mm. So now that you're awake, now you want to do something different. You want to focus in on, okay, how do I make things better? How do I shift the dynamic? Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, 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 we got to put, pump the brakes on this. So the way you pump the brakes is you go after the word. You start to focus on critical race theory. 
which has nothing to do with being woke. <laughs> it's but and it's a term that was born out of out of the law school. And it's like that's correct. I don't. It's, it's hard to process how looking at critical race theory now you ascribe that thought process to being woke, and now you're attacking. It's Essentially, you're telling it's, people, it's, I want you to go back to sleep. That's right. It, but it's the same thing I'm talking about, which is critical race theory is another great example of this. They just took the term. Mm-hmm. Nobody that's that was talking about critical race theory even knew what it was. Like literally, nobody even knows what it is. It's, it's like it's. I don't want to say it's obscure, but like it's kind of an obscure 1990s black law scholar, legal scholar theory right. that's right. never been taught in any elementary schools or middle schools. If anybody had even just read one critical race theory article, just one, they would know for a fact. There's no way they're teaching that. And most most elementary school teachers are not going to have the capacity to teach that, much less a person, you know, you got to be a genius at, at, at 10 years old to be able to process just the jargon and the language exactly. of, of, of critical history, but 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 it's on everybody's, everybody in everybody's mouth. And I think that it's, it's because they're, they're taking terms that they don't really understand and they're using it as inflammatory markers to push a political agenda. Mm. And that political agenda is to quell, to silence the voices of those that are awake. And those are typically going to be People of color and women mm-hmm. and younger folks. Mm-hmm. Even though I can't say that there's not young folks that are in this other on the other side or that conservative right side in the movement, but still there are that's the dynamic. It is to roll back through the laws where we are to pre-civil rights. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to scare the people. And that's what you do. They're mm-hmm. coming for you. I mean, they did it back in in um in I believe the Industrial Revolution of of not the Industrial Revolution, but in, in, in post civil rights of they're coming for your jobs. Mm, mm, so mm. they they that was part of the the waking up of um, more of the rural part of the country is that they're going to take your jobs, they're going to take these and take that. So you won't be able to have the 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 the, the benefits that you have now. Mm. All of this is built on scaring people. Fear and the fear associated with it is that somehow it's it's and I, I believe you you would know the hip hop reference. I believe it's PE. Fear of a black yo, the, yo, the Facebook, the Facebook mafia is already on there, bro. The Facebook mafia is already like, just like PE said, they already got the, it's already in the thread, bro. It's already in the comments. Listen, we got to give or take a break, but, but E, can you hang on? Cause I want to try to take a couple yeah. calls and, yep, yep, and follow up. Um, uh, you're listening to evening words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We're live on WRD 900 AM 96.1 FM in conversation for our DEI roundtable segment this week with Mr. Eric C. Smith, who's currently the managing member of Inclusive Roots, a boutique organizational development and marketing advisory firm with offices now based in Florida. Mr. Smith has consulted for numerous Fortune 100 advertising agencies, public relations firms, and consumer product corporations globally. And he has over 30 years of experience as a corporate finance and marketing professional. We'll be back after these messages with Mr. Smith. Where's the professor? And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on WURD, Progressive Black Talk media welcome back to evening words i'm your host dr james peterson we're live on wrd 900 am 96.1 fm if you want to join the conversation you have a question or comment for our guest mr eric c smith please give us a call 215-634-8065 e smith welcome back to to evening words i want to give a quick shout out to everybody 
uh, listening on Facebook. Actually, our guest, E. Smith, is in the he's in the comments, folks. Dr. Bobby's there. <laughs> Gary, Rosalind, Cheryl, Malcolm, Dolores, Arthur, Joey, Arnold, Rose, Bernita, Harry, Lily, Ayatunde, Calvin, Joanne, Grace. I'm sorry if I left your name. I just got to read the list that's there. Thank you all so much for being on and for commenting, for engaging the program. I always, E, I don't know, you know, I always love the Facebook thread, right? Because you're getting yeah. comments and engagement there that, yeah. you know, you really can't get anybody else. But can we take a couple calls, good brother? Yes, absolutely. I'm on my Awesome. Awesome. Let's pop over to the phone lines. We have Brother Maurice from Southwest Philadelphia. Brother Maurice, welcome to Evening Words. Do you have a question or comment for Eric Smith? I have a comment. I, I, I'm enjoying your guests, but all roads lead back to Clarence Thomas. <laughs> you know I had to talk about the ultimate Negro. <laughs> Let me break something down. Break it down. Break it down, brother. Our problem is black laziness. We don't need white people to teach us about ourselves. We need to teach ourselves. We, we keep waiting for them to decide, you know what? We need to start teaching about black history, but they don't teach about Asian history. They don't talk about Latino history. Why are we so special? That's our responsibility. And number two, people don't realize that Donald Trump is the white people's Malcolm X. We keep thinking that they're going to come to their senses. That Donald Trump is their great white hope, their great revolutionary. He's going to save the white race. <laughs> mm. They're not thinking clearly. So why do we keep giving them play? Tim Scott, David Webb, Larry, Larry Alder, when they're coming to the black community, we don't say nothing. We give them a pass. We don't ridicule them. We don't give them a hard way to go. We don't call their name out as trash. We just say, oh, don't, don't say nothing. Brother Maurice, Brother Maurice, you, Brother Maurice, you know, good and doggone well. The listeners to Evening Words have been trashing Tim Scott since he told Donald Trump he loved him. You know that, Brother Maurice. No, no, they should have been doing that before that. Okay. Okay. Remember, he made the ultimate statement, which our vice president made the same stupid statement. America is not a racist country. Right then and there, off with their heads. And they should be marked with the scarlet letter N. <laughs> Thank Everybody you. Thank you, Brother Maurice. I'm going to let our guest uh, give a comment. Eric, you know, Brother Maurice is a regular listener and caller here. Um, um, I do. I agree with him, E, that I think that I think it's, it's even more complicated than Donald Trump is some white folks, Malcolm X. It's that they 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 embrace Donald Trump the way they think that black folks tribally embraced Barack Obama. And I think that's that's you know they they don't they don't see any of the ways in which the black community critiqued Barack Obama. They just think we followed him slavishly, and so that to me is kind of what they see in Trump. But to, what's your response to, to 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 Brother Maurice's comments? So so Brother Maurice, I, I appreciate the words because they're strong, they're powerful, and 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 accurate. Um, in terms of, of of Trump being you know the white people's Malcolm X, you know when you said that, I was kind of like hmm, never hmm. thought of it that way, hmm. but. I feel you in the sense of what he did was he galvanized a population that was completely disconnected, which was rural white people. Mm. They weren't voting, not in any large numbers. Mm. But it's kind of like, and again, movie reference, I don't know if you remember the movie Head of State. I sure do. It was the idea of, it's going to be the first black president. All he said is, we just got to put it out there. And it was this influx of white people running to the polls. Mm -hmm. So that's what was created 
but it was all predicated on this concept of fear. Mm-hmm. I want you to do? Can you believe this is going to happen again to us? This might not be a black president, but he was the VP to the black guy. So it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Do you want that to change? Mm. Honestly, I don't really believe Trump thought he was going to get elected. I think when he got elected, he was kind of like, oh, wow, now I got to be president. OK, what does that mean? I, th- I think you're right about that. I mean, I, I think he was almost as surprised as some of us. Uh, e, I don't know if you can see on the Facebook there, but 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 Joseph says I'm here in South Florida. The MAGA Republicans base is now Latino or Latinx. They have convinced them that they are white. What's your comment or response to that comment on the thread? So my response to that is there's always been a disparity. There's always been colorism when you look at the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. I know they're limited to themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's also colorism even if you look at the Asian community. The darker hue of skin you are, the more out of favor you are within your particular culture. And mm-hmm. we've had to deal with this mm-hmm. level of colorism even with, with being African-American. Correct. So, But when you look at this from the Latinx perspective, you know, white is right. Being taught that you want to speak the the, the, the language. You want to re- remove as much of your uh, um, as much of that connection as practical. Still maintaining cultural connection and cultural roots. All of that is very important. But in terms of hue of skin, oh, all day, every day. Mm. And it, there is an understanding of, you know, if you're if you're brown, not black, you're a bit more acceptable because it's a lighter hue. Just looking at the colors, mm. so you're more accepted because. In many cases, you have an opportunity to pass. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to diss, you know, the, uh, um, you know. It happens in our community too, bro. So, yeah, yeah, we're not throwing so, stones. But the reality of it is that, again, not so much shade. The reality of it is that if you are subscribing to it mm-hmm. and saying that this is what I want to be and I want to leave the rest of the folks behind, I want to distance myself and I'm not part of those people, then that's when the, really, the, the problems really start. Mm-hmm. That's when the problems really escalate. Mm-hmm. Because you are distancing yourself from, you know, there's a trauma and drama within your own community. You're distancing yourself from them and subscribing to a group of people who really don't care. about. Mm-hmm. And when when the chopping block comes, you will be forced to go. Because here's the thing, and, and I'm going to say it for whoever's listening, and, and you can get mad at me if you want to, and that's fine. You are never going to get into the living room. They're, at best, they're going to keep you in the kitchen. <laughs> Let's take another, let's take another call. I mean, let's take another, that. I hear you. I hear you, brother. Let's take another call. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to brother Joe from North Philadelphia. Brother Joe, do you have a question or comment for Eric C. Smith? Yes, I have a question and a comment. My question is, which is better? Now, I don't want you to just, you know, give me the answer because I want to make a comment before you answer. But which is better, a house shoe? or a work boot. Now, what I'm trying to say is this, that you all have one way of defining this existence in which we, you know, have energy in, which we dwell in. But I was born in South Philly, and uh, I went to murder school on 5th and 6th Water, all that. But what I'm saying is that define that that type of definition is not usable for everyone. Now, the definition me, of what, brother Joe? Please clarify because it's, uh, it's coming uh, across a little esoteric. Definite, uh, what definition are you to? What definition are you referring? I'm referring to the outlook that you all are saying what's going on. I'm. I'm First, I want to say this is that 
back to what I said, my question is what's more, what's better, a house shoe or a work boot? They both are okay in their place. I think what we've done, a mistake that we've made, is we've tried to make a house shoe a work boot. Like, in other words, we I believe that men and women both are important. A house shoe, but you also need a work boot. And I'm trying to say that you can't cross the two of them successfully. You can't mis- misinterpret the two of them successfully. And our problem is a problem of, uh, you know, like you saying, white, black. No, my, my outlook is if a man is wicked, he's wicked in his heart. Mm-hmm. It's not his color. I got people in my family that's white as Trump. It's not, but I'm not saying that because they're in my family. I'm saying that because this has always been the way I've been taught. The first time I saw white people, I felt sorry for them because they had, they didn't have what I had in my family, which was love and justice. My parents did not treat anyone, their seven children, any differently than the other. It was justice. And the other thing was, it was founded on love. And when you see Brother you know, Joe, Brother Joe, thank you so much. I want I want to give our guests a chance to respond before we have to go to breaking woman. I thank you for the comment. Um, um, e, I, I'm, I, can't, I couldn't I decipher all that. But but do you have a response to, to Brother Joe from North Philadelphia's comment? So, Brother Joe, I appreciate the, the, the perspective. Um, and, I, and, and I think I'm understanding a bit of the, the work shoe, the, the work shoe, work boot and the house shoe. Um, and they have their place. But if we're going to go there, then we, in, 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 in the society that we're living in right now, I'm going to need a combat boot, too, because mm. we're at a point now where this is quickly escalating to a point of war. Uh, and that's a really, really heavy word to use. But it's we're going to have to look at things a little bit differently and how traditional roles and how we're trying to move forward as a community is probably not going to apply here because mm. the rules have the rules are different. Things have changed. They have definitely progressed. And if you start factoring in things that we've gone through a global pandemic and what that's done to our psyche, as well as our preparedness for the, for next step, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, education or, uh, uh, or, or housing or homelessness, all of these dynamics have been exacerbated by all of the global dynamics that are happening, but have been heavily impacted by the political stream that we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. So I think Brother Joe's point is that we need to awaken mm-hmm. a little bit more to what's actually going on around us, and is it? And you know, race does play a factor in it. That's there's no, it but it's not the sole factor. But it's not the sole factor, mm-hmm. and there are so many other dimensions of diversity that are that are tied into this that create spaces and places where challenges continue to occur. Brother E. Smith, man, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for staying on to take some calls. I can't wait to get you back on to the DEI roundtable yeah. again. Uh, and thank you for, for your insights here. Good brother. Have a, have a great, have a great night. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 